Today, I'm sharing with you six small habits for seven-figure growth. We always remind you that the strategies that you've used to get your business to where you are most likely are not the strategies that will take you to that next level. Especially when you're moving from five to six figures, you don't have that much of an increase. But going to seven figures, it's an exponential growth and you need to choose new strategies. I've gathered some of the best strategies that we consistently see used by our seven-figure clients, and I'm sharing them with you today. This is Vicki Wu, and as always, we're talking about the best tips for marketing your small business. Be sure to subscribe to our channel to be notified of the latest updates. I'm going to recommend we have six strategies. You never want to start them all at once. Like anything else, you want to give yourself time to develop a habit. And that usually means start just with one. If you add one per month for the next six months, by the end of the year, you'll be so much further along than you were starting today. So six strategies. Each one has a couple of sub tips. Hang in here with me. I'm going to actually walk you through your day. Tip number one. Start the day with strategy, focus, and intent. The first thing you want to do is wake up earlier. I know I can hear you groaning if you are not a morning person, but they say the early bird gets the worm. And this is proven by our whole group of seven-figure earners to be one of the things that they all consistently do. How you start your day sets the tone for the rest of it. If you start by rushing around, trying to do a million things at once because you're running late, you'll be stressed out and frazzled all day. But if you start with a plan and focus on what's important, you'll be able to get more done in less time. And that starts by waking up earlier. Late risers have a more narrow window of opportunity to perform their best versus early risers. You'll be more focused, less stressed, and calmer as a result. And I know you're thinking, there's still only 24 hours in a day. But as entrepreneurs, most of the time, we're having to be in sync with customers and clients and prospects and every vendors, everything else. So waking up earlier fits better into that schedule. You also want to include meditation or prayer in your day, either at the beginning, at the end, or both. This will help you reduce stress, anxiety, and depression that might slow down your ability to perform at an optimal level throughout the day. One great way to start your day is by planning out your goals for the day. Write down a list of things you want to accomplish and then focus on one task at a time. Breaking down your goals into smaller tasks makes them seem less daunting and focusing on one task at a time will help you stay on track. I still do this. I use a combination of ClickUp where a lot of my tasks are stored digitally, but I still like the act of writing down some of the bigger goals for the day, pen to paper. It's important that you do. You just want to find the method that works best for you. Another way to start your day with focus and intent is to keep your phone away from your bed so that you aren't tempted to get distracted. I am not good at doing this. I will admit it to you right now. The first thing I do is pick up my phone and read the news. Probably not what you want to be doing to stay calm and unfrazzled. (laughs) Studies have shown just glancing at our phone before we've even really fully opened our eyes can cause anxiety and stress. Hello? (laughs) Keeping the phone out of reach allows you to start your day without those distractions 
helping you feel more focused on the day ahead. You need this time of mental unplug for your brain to reduce stress, anxiety, and depression. Plus, if you have an alarm on your phone and you have to actually get up out of bed to stop it from ringing, you're more likely to stay awake. Now you want to plan your day around when you're mentally sharp versus drained. That's the first thing to understand. We all have different time of day when we're most mentally sharp. And the best way to figure out what time of day you work most productively is to track your energy levels throughout the day for a week. Most people see an increase in their energy around lunchtime and a decrease at the end of the day, which is a given, but you're going to have smaller spikes and valleys throughout the day, and knowing that information can help you be more efficient. Once you know your high points, you can plan your day around those. A simple productivity hack for figuring this out is to categorize what you need to accomplish into low-energy and high-energy activities. If you spend too much time on things that take a lot of energy, you'll burn out. You have to push those off to another day. You might have heard of the spoon theory where we all have so many spoons in a day and each activity takes one or more spoons and once you run out, you run out. So if you tried to tackle 10 activities that were all very energy intensive in one day, you probably wouldn't be able to get them all done. But if you looked at your goals that you need to accomplish for the week and the high energy activities, you can plan one per day and spread them out and have a much greater chance at actually getting everything accomplished. If you're still struggling organizing your most important task, the best thing to do is narrow it down to a short list but not an unrealistic one. And then prioritize what's most important versus least important. Task management 101. Once that's done, focus only on the top, focus on only the top priority item for each category on your list. If you have trouble with a long list of prioritized tasks, it can look so daunting and overwhelming. And it's best to break them down even further so that you only have a few top priorities to focus on at any one time. Multitasking is proven to be counterproductive because it makes each task take longer and results in less time spent focusing on each one. By limiting yourself to one or two items on your list, you can actually accomplish more in less time. You're also less likely to get distracted. And there have been studies that show every time we are taken away mentally from a task, it takes us at least 20 minutes to get back on track. So if you're trying to multitask and you think, I'm going to work on this project here, but then I'm going to go look at my emails and I'm going to see if there's any voicemails. Every time your attention turns away from your project, you know at a minimum 20 minutes to get back on task, and that literally is 20 minutes wasted. You may have heard of the Pomodoro Technique, and I've actually adapted it to my style. Pomodoro recommends that you work in 20 minutes of focus, followed by a short five-minute break. Now, after years of testing, I've found that what works for me is 90 minutes of focus, followed by 60 minutes of free time. The tasks I do during the 90-minute session depend upon my energy level for that part of the day. And I may work on one client for 90 minutes, or I may work on one type of marketing activity, such as SEO or content writing for multiple clients. And then my hour is time off I can do whatever I want. 
work with some different strategies, trial and error, to see what works for you and how you can match that to your energy level throughout the day. Now remember, we're still in number one starting off your day, so you also want to delay social media consumption until midday. I tell you I'm bad with this as well. Part of it is because social media is my job. It's not just endlessly, mindlessly scrolling, although I do that too. But it's so important not to get distracted by social media throughout the day, especially at the beginning of the day. But don't feel bad about letting yourself do it a little bit. Afternoon, when your energy level is lower, could be the perfect time for social media since most people are winding down from the morning and don't have any big project goals to accomplish at that time. Another great time to use social media is when you can kind of multitask it with another enjoyable activity like watching a sitcom while scrolling through your feed. That's what I tend to do. Both of them are mind-numbing activities and honestly at the end of the day I need something that can just take my mind away sometimes and that can actually be a productive use of my time. Most people start their day off immediately checking their social media feeds, but it's best not to get distracted that early. If you spend too much time on social media before noon, you reduce your focus for the rest of the day and you burn yourself out quickly because you used your high energy time for an activity that doesn't require it. You need that time in the morning to be productive instead of wasting it checking your phone every five minutes. Let's not also forget that social media is a carefully curated life and you don't want to start your day out even subconsciously thinking how your life doesn't compare to all these other people. They're only posting the best stuff. You have best stuff too, but it's harder to focus on your own best stuff when you're distracted by theirs. Here's number two of six. Remember, we're moving you throughout your day. Focus on your goals. I never recommend, at the beginning of the year, we all set resolutions, and we all tend to lose those by the end of February, if not sooner. Instead, use January to think about goals that you want to work towards, but not really resolutions. These should be exciting things that you want to accomplish in your business or your life, because that's kind of why we make resolutions in the first place. But for resolutions, we tend to get distracted by something in the moment rather than thinking strategically about what outcomes do I want to hopefully accomplish in the course of a year. You want to use SMART goals, specific, measurable, achievable or actionable, realistic or relevant, and timely. You need to have a way to measure the goal. Understand that it's something actually achievable in the time frame you give yourself. It can be a little bit out of reach so that you have to strive for it. That's okay. But you don't want it so out there that there's no hope of accomplishing it within the time that you give yourself. That's part of making it realistic. Is it just a way to check it off a list? If so, maybe it's not too relevant and you want to make sure that it ties in with your other business goals and your other life goals. And then also timely. You need to put a deadline to it, a time at which you want to have accomplished that task, because if not, you're less likely to follow through because there's no pressure. So we want to set annual goals, but it's even more important to think about midterm goals that you can achieve within the next few months, and then weekly or daily goals you want to accomplish within those time frames. So you break the big annual goals down into quarterly, monthly, weekly so that there's smaller milestones along the way 
and you can see how much progress is being made toward that bigger goal. If your business doesn't have a long tradition of using metrics and reporting, you need to start doing so, and it has several benefits. First, it helps keep everyone accountable. It provides measurement against which to compare and gauge success over time, and that's some great information that can be used as a reference point for future planning. It helps you identify underlying issues of any project in an early stage before they grow into major problems. You see a bottleneck starting to happen, you can clear it before it holds you back too far. It helps you differentiate between what's important and what would be nice but not as important. And it puts your business on a fast track to success by avoiding costly mistakes. You need to measure everything about your business, no matter how small it is or how much money it makes. Measuring gives everyone involved a clear understanding of, of what each key metric means and where everyone needs to put focus in order to increase revenue. There's also more nuanced benefits of measuring. For example, one of our clients found that by tracking the progress of their employees, they could build better relationships within the company and created an environment where everyone was learning from each other rather than competing with each other. You also want to make the goals public. Integrate metrics into meetings so that everyone knows where you're at and what needs to happen next. You can even give some of your team reward for sharing data on things like conversion rates or anything else that they want to be working towards. When you make your goal public, it can help build your community around you and create a fun atmosphere where people are working together to accomplish the same thing. We're all working towards one goal and we see it moving forward and that is motivational. It's also much harder to quit when you know other people are counting on you because you've announced your goals publicly as well. And then having the clear steps takes away stress of trying to come up with them all on your own. Without any guidelines defining what success looks like, it can be hard to even start taking action towards achieving something because there's no way of knowing if what you're doing is having an impact. And if you've set the goals, you also need to revisit them. You want to check in on them every two to three months. Actually set an appointment with yourself on your calendar at the beginning of the year for these goal reviews with yourself. You want to be asking yourself, do you still want these goals? Do they still fit with where your business and your life are at the moment? If you find that those goals you chose earlier aren't working out as well now, you can adjust them and set new ones. This can actually provide you valuable insight into how your business and your life operates, how they operate independently, and how they operate together. Number three, which I'm trying really hard to get better at, is work out consistently. 66% of rich people do aerobic exercise 30 minutes or more every day. Working out consistently is one of the most important habits you can develop for your life and your business. When you're in better shape, you're more healthy. We're not talking you're super skinny and you look like a model, but you're healthy you have more energy, and you have more focus that you can put into your work. You feel better, you feel like you look better, and that confidence level increases. So then when it's time to give a presentation or close on a deal, you have extra confidence. There's so many benefits to working out regularly. I'm not even going to try to list them all here. You know them. But some of the most important ones are increased production of glucose, which is a brain fuel 
It releases endorphins and serotonin, and it improves your cardiovascular health. All of these translate into increased productivity, creativity, and motivation in your business and your life. The best part is that you don't have to drive to the gym and join a formal class or spend hours exercising on each day. Remember, we said 30 minutes of aerobic activity a day. That can translate into huge health benefits. I have found a workout during the pandemic that I love. I work out in virtual reality on my Oculus Quest 2 in an app called Supernatural. Getting time for other workouts is really difficult to me because, you know, you always find an excuse. But finding something fun makes you want to do it. And my coach has been reinforcing the need for workouts, and I've started seeing great results. It's fun. I play a game, and I'm getting in shape. Who would have known? Another thing you want to do is read more books. Each successful person would rather be educated than entertained, unless that entertainment is your workout. That's okay. Reading more books, I've never had a problem doing this. I love books. I read them really fast. I am a bookaholic, and it's one of the best things you can actually do for your business. Not only does it help you learn new information and skills, it helps you become a better thinker and problem solver. When you read more books, you expose yourself to new perspectives and ways of looking at the world. This can help you come up with new ideas for your business and maybe even find solutions to problems that you've been struggling with. In addition, reading books can help improve your writing skills. If you want to start a blog or write articles for publication, reading books helps you develop a style that is both interesting and informative. You'll learn how to structure your thoughts and arguments in a way that is easy for readers to follow. Now, when starting off, you may want to stick with some nonfiction books that are related to your goals and interest in your business. You want to read to acquire or maintain knowledge using subjects such as biographies of successful people, history books related to your goal or your business, and self-help or personal development books. The next tip, nurture and prioritize relationships. I will admit to you, I was bad about doing this when I was at my last corporate job. My relationships suffered because of my workload, and that's one of the reasons why I had to leave. Nurturing relationships is one of the most important things you can do for your business. I still struggle with it. I still feel like my mind is kind of blocked back in my corporate days when I didn't really have the time to do that bit of nurturing for my own relationships and my work relationships. When you have strong relationships with others, you have a support system that you can rely on during tough times. And oh boy, you know, us entrepreneurs, we need that. You also have people who are willing to help you out when you need it. You don't have to go it alone. I'm the world's worst for not asking for help when I need it. And it's something that we all should be doing. People like helping. You need that tribe around you. In order to build and maintain strong relationships, it's important to nurture them. And that means spending time with the people who are important to you. Talking to them regularly, being there for them when they need you, and also means helping them out when they need it, doing favors for them. I am really good about doing that. If you call on me, I go out of my way to help you with whatever you need, but I still don't ask for it for myself. Prioritizing relationships also means making sure that your family and friends come first. This doesn't mean you neglect your business. It just means if something is really important, 
like family events or holidays, you need to put it ahead of work and make sure that your plans are adjusted accordingly. I put that into play recently when we had a family emergency, and I think I'm finally to the point where I don't feel guilty telling my clients that I'll be out. Their work still gets done, but sometimes I can't be the one that is personally there for them to contact. You also want to do something for others. Helping out others can be one of the most rewarding habits you develop in your business, especially when you do it with intention. When you help others, you bring value to their lives. It creates a healthy reciprocity dynamic. When people sense that they can get something out of helping and serving someone else, they're more willing to do it. Also, doing things for others helps you feel better about yourself and your business and your life and your world. It's one of the best ways to feel fulfilled. Even if you're doing it on a small scale, it is addictive. It does take time and effort. You've got to be willing to put in work so that you can develop a sustainable habit of helping others with intention. If your schedule's already overpacked, you might want to take a step back from some things so that you can focus on those people and things that are most important to you. It doesn't mean you give up everything else. It just means you're prioritizing serving others so that you don't just burn out or get resentful about your business. Building relationships with others isn't something you just do overnight. You need to be strategic about how you go about networking and building better relationships with others. You don't want to come across as desperate for connections or social capital. And strategically, you want to focus on people who will be able to make connections with you rather than trying to network with everyone. You need to be a good listener and show the other person that you're invested in networking with them. And it might sound corny, but it's important for you to go into those networking conversations seeking to understand what the other people have going on in their lives. Like Stephen Covey said, seek first to understand. That gives you a better idea of how something you may be offering can really benefit them. And then it increases the chances that they want to network with you again after you leave. You can also join a business coaching group. There's a number of them out there, both online and in person. Many of them are free, while others require an investment on your part. Joining one of these business coaching or network communities can allow you to get direct support from fellow entrepreneurs who have already been where you are. You can get access to strategies, techniques, and even courses that you can use to improve your business. You also get access to a group of people who are willing to help you out on an ongoing, regular basis. So if you ever need someone to brainstorm ideas with or ask questions, there'll be other people in the group who are open for this kind of conversation. One of the most exciting things we've done is start an open networking group virtually. And this is not just virtual online in a Zoom. This is in the metaverse using the newest and latest in virtual reality technology. But I've made sure to make it accessible to everyone who doesn't have that. You can join with just one click on a desktop or a mobile. If you want to come check it out, we have a whole 3D networking room set up for you with voice optional, webcam optional, chat ability. It's a lot of fun. You can always go check out the room. It's open 24-7 and be watching our website for networking hours that are specifically scheduled. Use this bit link, bit.ly slash VR dash co Hop in there and plan to do some virtual networking. 
Now remember, I said I started you at the beginning of your day and walked you all the way through it, and now we are at the end of your day, and you want to have a set sleep schedule. You don't want to neglect your sleep. It's when your body recovers from the day and prepares itself for the next one. When you neglect your sleep, it's not just your body that suffers. We all know this. Your brain suffers, you can't think, you're tired, you're cranky, and your business suffers. When you're overtired, you won't be able to think clearly or perform at your peak. You might also struggle with your mood. Depression and irritability can take a toll on your relationships with others. And I get cranky when I don't have enough sleep. And I am so sorry to my husband and family that have to listen to that. You need to get at least seven to nine hours on a regular basis. It helps you work better, think more clearly, and have more energy that's necessary to be productive throughout the day. It doesn't mean you need to function on eight hours of sleep forever, however. You can train your brain to sleep less during times when you need to be more alert. Just don't neglect your sleep entirely if you want to have healthy and productive business. You also want to cut off the screens at least 30 minutes before bed. The blue light is proven to disrupt sleep. It can prevent melatonin from being produced, which makes you feel less sleepy when you're in bed. You should use the time before bed to do something that relaxes you and prepares your mind for sleep, like reading a book or meditating. If you still want to check your phone before going to bed, turn on the nighttime mode so that you won't be exposed to as much blue light. You also want to have a stress-free sleeping environment. Make sure your bed is comfortable, the room is dark and quiet. If there's noises or light sources that are keeping you from falling asleep, address those. You might also want to consider a noise machine or blackout curtains to help reduce that light and noise exposure. Have a relax and wind down routine. It's a great way to prepare your mind and body for sleep, and it can be helpful in reducing stress levels during the day. Some activities you might want to consider include reading, meditation, yoga, Stretching, you could also try aromatherapy or use a noise machine to create a relaxing environment. You can focus on gratitude and do an activity such as journaling what you're grateful for for the day. Avoid eating or drinking too close to bedtime. If you're going to have a snack, make sure it's something light and healthy that won't keep you up at night, especially no caffeine. And if you're going to drink alcohol, make sure you do so in moderation because too much alcohol can disrupt your sleep. Stick to your consistent sleep schedule. We've said getting a good night's sleep is essential for a productive day. When you're well-rested, you're able to think clearly, more energy, less irritable. And one way to ensure you're getting enough sleep is to have that consistent sleep schedule. It means going to bed and waking up at the same time each day. Yes, it's boring. Yes, it works. And if you haven't been doing that, it might be difficult to start, but over time it gets much easier and you'll see the benefits. And then set an alarm for the morning. We're going full circle. You're going to wake up early. An alarm is a great way to make sure you get up on time. When you have an alarm set, you're less likely to hit the snooze button and oversleep. It's also a good idea to use an alarm that's pleasant to wake up to. Something pleasant can help start your day in a positive mood which we already talked about. And waking up earlier has all of those benefits which we've already discussed. So do you have something in your routine that we didn't mention? I'd be actually interested in hearing about it and I may need to update my blog article. 
you can visit the website vickywoo.marketing and in the bottom right hand corner there is a chat bubble icon you can ask your question there please leave your email address so that we can respond to you and we may even use your question on an upcoming episode